I love the Foster Pavilion. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked on Baylor. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. I'm your host, Cam Stewart. I would really appreciate it if you guys bared with me right now. As you can tell, um, I'm not feeling great. In fact, I'm sick as a dog. Uh, was terrible two days ago, as you're listening to this. Yesterday, uh, had a good nap, thought I was fine, went to the game, feel just awful. Awful, awful, awful. So I know I don't have much of a voice. Appreciate you guys sticking with me today. But I, I had to go to the game. And I had to do the show today because this is, I think, you know, this might be a bit prisoner of the moment, but I think it was one of the most exciting days in Baylor athletics history, especially ones that didn't have a championship involved. <laughs> like, I, and I know a lot of, a lot of you that were at the McLean opening in 2014 probably would have said the same thing about that day. This, I walked into that Foster Pavilion last night and it was, it was awesome in the true sense of the word. Like I was, I was full of awe. Um, and I was sitting there in the media section, uh, you know, like an hour before tip off, half hour before tip off. And I'm just looking around. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Maybe it's the sickness in me, but I, I had to bite my lip. I was almost crying. Like it, it felt so good. So deserved for this school that we love and this program that we love and the people that we love inside this program who have busted their butt for, for decades to turn this thing around, both on the women's side and the men's side for basketball, obviously two very different ways of turning it around. And for them to, to get this kind of facility, it's, it's incredible. And I, and I know I say a, a lot about the fans and how <laughs> I don't think the atmosphere is good enough at most basketball games, but the fans deserve this. And Scott Drew really deserved this. Um, Nikki Collin deserves this. Those players on both teams really deserve this. And it was fantastic. Um, for those of you who went, you'll know that it's, it's not entirely finished yet. You know, there's still, um, some paint missing on some of the walls. I, I took an elevator with, uh, with cardboard and duct tape all over it. Um, but overall it's a fantastic basketball venue. I kind of said this on the last show, but what I love so much about this, this arena is it, it is, it's a basketball arena. The Farrell center was a, you know, a, multi-purpose venue that they happen to play basketball in. But the Foster Pavilion is an arena in every sense of the word. It it has everything we were hoping for and that we were sold in terms of the intimacy, um, the acoustics of it, uh, the the not having a bad seat in the house. I walked around some of the places up, up in the rafters and it's true. There's, there's really not a bad seat in the place. Um, you know, the student section being behind the benches for most of it, some behind behind the basket. It was it's a it's an awesome, awesome facility. It it really is. Um, to the point where, like I said, I, I was getting emotional that this is my team, my alma mater, your team, your alma mater that gets this. You know, we saw all these other teams have have great arenas, whether it be the historic ones like like the fog or or you know, Gallagher Iba up at Oklahoma State, or even some of these new ones. You know, Tech got a new one in the last 10 years. Uh, UT just got a new one. Uh, TCU has a really good new one within the last, whatever, six or seven years. So it it just felt like we were up there with those guys. I know that sounds weird to say because 
were a better basketball program than all of those teams, except for Kansas. Um, but they didn't have, they had the dullest facility in, in the big 12. Let's be honest. I mean, it was just a cookie cutter, nothing special about it at all, uh, about the Farrell center. And now you come in and it's just a cut above. It really is for as much as the Farrell center kind of revolutionized things for Baylor athletics and Baylor basketball back in 1988, that's what the Foster Pavilion is going to do with this team and with this era because they deserved an arena a lot better than, than what they had in the Farrell Center. It's about time we got it. And what about a star-studded night, too? I mean, Paul and Alejandra Foster were there. They got a standing ovation when they were introduced on the court for their $100 million gift for the namesake of the Pavilion. Um, we had Paula Hurd was there. So was her boyfriend, my man, Bill Gates. Second time we've seen him on Baylor's campus in the last five months, six months, or whatever it may be. Uh, he came to the opening of the Herd Welcome Center as well. Chip and Joe, a bunch of former players, um, Ish Wainwright, Matt Saman, um, Isaiah Austin was there. Great to great to see him back and taking in a game. King McClure was obviously on on um, on the broadcast on ESPN Plus with, with John Morris. It was a star-studded event, uh, even though it might not have felt like it when you were walking in with the rain and the parking situation. It absolutely felt like that when, when you got in the door. Um, but I am interested, I'm curious as to what you guys thought of the arena. It seems overwhelmingly positive. Um, uh, there are some negatives. I know you guys come to expect that from me a little bit. Um, this is the old man in me. I never felt older in my life than when I was at the Farrell Center because the PA and the music is so loud, so loud for me, entirely too loud. And I was hoping with the pavilion that it might be a little better. And it is not, uh, maybe again, maybe it was the sickness, but I was like, it was shaking my body. And then I go to the bathroom and it's pumped in like 80% in the bathroom. It's so loud. And a guy come talk to me when we were washing hands and he was like, boy, I was really hoping for a quiet bathroom experience. Um, so that that's one thing. Um, obviously this part's temporary, but the parking is just a mess. Um, uh, that, that kind of shows you, that if Baylor had the choice, if they could feasibly open it in like a month, they probably would have. Um, that parking is just a horrific, horrific um, setup right now. And I, I imagine that will get better as they start to finish the things around it. But uh, the other thing that people talked about was the camera angle. Now, I got to watch a little bit of it on ESPN Plus while I was in the arena. Um, yeah, not not terrific. I'll say that. Um the people of Oklahoma State, <laughs> excuse me, the people of Oklahoma State will not have much sympathy for us because Gallagher Iba, you're looking straight down. And for those of you who weren't in the pavilion, it is steep. It is steep. I actually worry about some of the elderly people that are walking those stairs. It is very steep. Great for an atmosphere. Maybe not great for the geriatrics out there. Um, and so with that, you know, the camera is on top of the upper deck, basically. There's a place they can put it in the middle of the arena between the first and second deck, but there's luxury seating there and that's a lot of money. And so you look at it from up top. It almost looks like coaches film. Um, you get to see everything develop. And I honestly don't have that big a problem with how the court looks on the camera angle, like looking down like that. But what I was disappointed in was you can't see the student section. And I said this in the last show. I mean, that's one of the things I was really looking forward to, to be able to see the passion that these students bring while you're watching on TV. 
And that's part of the point of putting them right on the right behind the benches there. Like it's obviously great for an in-game atmosphere, but you're also looking to see it on TV. You know, that's why a lot of arenas have it like that. I, Cameron is the one that comes to mind. Um, it, that's obviously the best one, but plenty of arenas have it like that. Um, and that was, that's a little disappointing. I, I wish they could put the camera on there uh, up, up in the middle where those luxury seats are, but uh, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm grasping at straws when I look at the game day experience that was there last night versus what it was in the Farrell Center. I, I don't have a lot of complaints, man. Um, it is going to be great to go to games there, maybe more so than watching on television. Um, but it is a fantastic arena. It is going. It is going to be. I'm manifesting this. It is going to be a home court advantage for our Bears, which is only the case a handful of times a year in the Farrell center. If that, when you have great crowds against Kansas and maybe UT or tech or someone when they were good a couple of years ago, but it's rare for Baylor to have a great home court advantage. And I think they will have that here at the foster pavilion. Maybe, maybe I'll be eating my words in a couple of weeks or months when UT comes in and there's still plenty of burn orange and um, you know, the, the season ticket holders are selling tickets to tech fans. There was one Cornell fan in the student section Guys, come on. I don't care how close you are with this guy. It was a guy who's wearing a Cornell hockey jersey. Don't do that. Don't do that. Not in our new pavilion. Not on opening night. I just hate that, especially with the reduced student capacity. It's only about 1,000 students in there. Um, we need all that we can get. And it's going to be better once all the students are back here on campus. But overall, loved the environment tonight. There was a game that was played as well. We're going to talk about that after a message from our first sponsor of today's show. And that first sponsor of today's show is LinkedIn Talent Solutions. Now we know, and LinkedIn knows this too, when you're running a small business, you have so many hats to wear. And as you go into the new year here, you're probably looking to hire. You know, New Year's resolution, to get some new hires in there. LinkedIn Jobs knows that that success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why they have created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. It's not like any other job board, okay? They have a vast network of more than a billion, billion with a B, professionals. Makes it the best place to hire. Hiring's easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small business get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing those hats and they don't have the time and the resources to do this. So with them, the process is intuitive. It's quick. It's easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So looking at the game itself, I, I said this last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, of we're not going to find out anything positive about Baylor basketball and, until we get into the conference schedule after that loss to Duke. You were playing a Mississippi Valley State team that was winless, and I assume still is. And then you play a Cornell team. Now, this is not Mississippi Valley State. Cornell could well be a tournament team. The team I saw out there last night and what the record says I think this could this team could win the Ivy. Um, they were tough SOBs, man. They they kept clawing back, um, and so Baylor should still win the game and win it comfortably, which they did. I believe it was a twenty three point victory. 
but I saw the positives there, even even though, excuse me, 98-79, so a 19-point victory. Um, even though there were times in the second half where Cornell got it close, I I liked a lot of things from Baylor last night. And I, I've, I've talked about Ray J. Dennis quite a bit. He goes for six assists and just two turnovers. I don't care who the competition is. I don't care. I'll take that any night of the week. He also pours in 18.67 from the floor. Great. Eve Meese, man. He's going to be the answer to the trivia question. Who got the first basket at the Foster Pavilion? It was Eve Meese. And he liked doing that so much that he decided, I am not going to miss a shot tonight. Eight of eight from the floor, 16 points, five rebounds in 21 minutes. Can I brag on Eve Meese enough, man? He is so efficient, so skilled, unlike any center that Scott Drew has ever had. And I know Isaiah Austin was could shoot a little bit and he could handle a ball a little bit. That's probably the next closest. I don't know that Eve Meese is this great ball handler. He's obviously not, not a shooter, but super athletic, runs the floor so well, great in one-on-one situations. And I noticed something I talked to ESPN Central Texas' Matt Mosley, who was next to me during the game. He is so good at rebounding from bad rebounding positions. And now he's usually not in those positions. He's, he's very good at being physical. But last night, um, Cornell had some guys who were banging with him a little bit. And he is still able to go over the top with his freakish athleticism and his timing. That's the thing. He's doing it without getting over the back penalties because his timing is fantastic. It kind of reminds me of what Nikki Collins said about Nalissa Smith two years ago. She said that Nalissa is the best player she had ever seen at reading the ball off the rim. And that's something he's really good at. Obviously, he has, has a great night. Uh, but the guy who I really loved in this game last night, and he does lead all scorers, so that helps too, is uh, Jacoby Walter. Goes for 23 points, 9 of 19 from the floor, 4 of 9 from 3, uh, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists in 30 minutes. You remember how tough a night it was for him against Duke? He was that good last night. And yes, a lot of that being on the defensive end. I was watching him and Jaden Nunn intently a lot of the night. And Cornell did try to work on Jacoby one-on-one. You know, they've got more experienced players. They see how he did in the Duke game. And he answered the bell. He was great. I I think he has the potential to be a really good (laughs) defender, whether it be at this level or the next level. Um, Because that size and that athleticism and that basketball IQ is is off the charts for him. I'm going to make a comparison that some of y'all might be throwing your phone when you hear this. He is not the scorer this guy is because this guy is one of the elite scorers in the NBA. But defensively, he reminds me of Jason Tatum. Tatum, when he wants to, is an elite all-NBA kind of defender. Um, And it's for all those reasons. He keeps getting stronger every year. He can play physical. He uh, has that length at he's whatever, 6'9", 6'8", whatever he is, and he's a long arms. That's that's what Jacoby Walter's going to be at the at the next level defensively. Um, love his game. Love the way he bounced back um, in, in this game last night. Jaden Nunn, I talked about, was the other one I was looking at. Still didn't fill up the, the score sheet, okay? He goes for 10 points, 3 of 8 from the floor, uh, 4 assists, 5 rebounds, which was a, which was a nice, um, which was a nice, 
part of the stat line. No turnovers, though. No turnovers. Boy, do I love that. <laughs> I love that, man. I, and, I, and I thought it during the game. I said, boy, his decision-making just looks a lot better. Not just passing, but also shooting. Uh, I think people lose that a little bit in basketball where bad shots can essentially be a turnover. And he's had problems taking bad shots this year. Um, he did not have such a problem last night. And I think what's great about that for the entirety of the team is I think this team is so good offensively, not just because they have great three-point shooting, but because they have a lot of guys who don't take bad shots. Jaden Nunn has taken some this year. Ray J. Dennis has been questionable in decision-making sometimes, but you see it when it works perfectly in the game last night where they combine for just two turnovers, the two of those guys, and they pour in 28 points by themselves and 10 assists. I'll take that from those guys. Excuse me. Any night of the week. So looking at that performance, I say you can't really pull anything too positive, but offensively, it was about a perfect performance. You see that by almost scoring 100 points. Um, don't love giving up 79 to Cornell. Um, but then again, that's a score that you will see in the first round of the NCAA tournament with ones, twos, and three seeds. That That's kind of the score you'll see. If, if this Cornell team is as good as I, I think they might be, then yeah, uh, you, you could see that in the first round of the tournament. You'll take that any day of the week, a 19-point victory, any day of the week. Uh, Baylor shoots 55% from the floor and 45% from three. That's that's a banger, man. That's a banger of an offensive night. 21 assists. And I know, I know it's Cornell. But if you were there or you watched the game, you'll understand that that, that was a tough team, man. And they clawed back a couple of times. And looking at the numbers overall, I, I'm just impressed. And they played some long stretches without turning the ball over. And Baylor still won the turnover battle. 12 to 10. Um, and I, I look at second chance points and I look at bench points. Second chance was Baylor by nine bench or, uh, excuse me, bench points. Yeah. 19 plus 19 for Cornell 42, 23. And it was even dead, even at points in the paint, 40 to 40. And like I said, Baylor wins the assist battle, which is something that hasn't been really easy for them this year. So, I liked the performance overall. I did. I, I can't wait to look towards this this Big 12 gauntlet um, and how this team is going to perform. I, I mean, you know this. I know this. The champion of this conference is going to have five conference losses, six maybe, which not a lot of conferences in America will have that. You know, the ACC champion might have three losses, two losses. But that's how good this conference is. And... I would say if if Baylor is up near the top of that and they've got five or six losses in conference and seven or eight overall, watch out. Watch out because teams are going to overlook them. They're not going to get the highest seed and they're going to be just as dangerous as anyone. But that's a long way away. We've still got the Big 12 conference schedule first and I've got to wax poetic a little bit more about the Foster Pavilion. I just do. I loved it. And while I talk about how great the pavilion is, it brings up this question that I've been wondering myself as we've anticipated this opening. And that is how much do facilities matter 
And if you're watching on YouTube, I have it on the sidebar that says, do facilities matter? And I think that's true. How much does it matter? It makes me think of an interview I did with JJ Joe last year for Sports Illustrated. Still up if you want to check it. It's a Grant Taft story. Um, And he's talking about being recruited by Coach Taft in the late 80s at Baylor. And he was saying it was just a different ball game. And I know this is football, but I think it rings true a little bit. Um, He goes, it was a different ball game, man. I, I go there and... You know, they didn't show me the weight room. They didn't show me the locker room. They couldn't even get me a Baylor football t-shirt to wear on campus. Just night and day to what facilities are these days. And I know the the, uh, the Farrell Center was was good in that respect. The last couple of years, I mean, you could show the weight room and the locker room. Um, but at the beginning, I'm sure that was, that was the case of what it was like at Floyd Casey um, in that J.J. Joe story. And... I look at the job the men's and women's basketball team have done um, over the last two decades here, and it does make me wonder, is the Foster Pavilion going to help even more? I can't. It can't hurt. I mean, a recruit goes in there, and you're like, boy, I'm in. I am in. I thought of Trey Johnson, who would have played in the Foster Pavilion anyway. Uh, he's the 2024 recruit, number one in the nation, committed to Texas over Baylor. You see... Uh, Moody down there in Austin, and it's a fantastic complex. But I would wonder if he saw a game at the Pavilion, if it's that easy a choice. And Scott Drew has done tremendously recruiting with the Farrell Center as their home arena, and with that being their practice facility. You know, I mean, he was able to bring in guys like Isaiah Austin or Keontae George or or Kendall Brown, even who was a top uh, top recruit. So. And Jacoby Walter, of course, and Eve Misi. Is it going to get even better? Is that possible? And and Kim Mulkey brought in five stars every year. And that I think is more the discrepancy of women's basketball, the top versus the, the middle of the pack. But is that going to be even better for the trajectory of the women's basketball program, too? If you were there, you you'd have to agree. You walk in there, and that is something different, man. That is something different. And I would imagine it works at McLean as well. Well, you know, it, it's maybe not the best example right now with the recruiting class that Dave Rand is bringing in. Um, but having a place like McLean on campus is just such an advantage over what they had before. Um, and I think of those two facilities, Foster Pavilion and McLean Stadium. And it just feels big time. It feels big time. Even if you went in the Farrell Center and you covered up the national championship banners, it wouldn't have felt big time. You know, when you when you walk into the arena there, it, it doesn't feel like you're about to go watch one of the best basketball teams in the world at the collegiate level. It just doesn't. But when you walk in to the pavilion and you feel that buzz and it looks like a basketball arena... That absolutely helps. And it doesn't even just help the basketball program or the athletics program. It helps this university big time. You know, if you talk to someone who was at Baylor 2002, 2003, and said, hey, your football and basketball teams are going to have state-of-the-art facilities, arguably, arguably the nicest in high-tech of of the conference and those two sports. 
they would have laughed at you. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about a time where one basketball player was murdering another one and the coach was trying to cover it up by making one look like a drug dealer. And the football team was three and nine in a good year. And we gave an honorary degree to Bill Cosby. That's the time frame I'm talking about here. And to say, Hey, you're going to hang national championship banners and you're going to get this just state-of-the-art arena that everyone's going to want to go to. It's going to be one of the best home court advantages in the Big 12. Oh, and by the way, you're going to have a guy win the Heisman Trophy, and because of that, you are going to have just an on-campus facility for football is great enough, but it's gorgeous, and it's right on the river, and it's one of the most beautiful stadiums in all of college football. They would have laughed you out of the room. It's reality, folks. I think that's part of the reason why I was getting emotional when I was sitting there. I, it's just like, this felt like we made it. It's undeniable that we had made it with the national championships and uh, women's and men's basketball. But this felt like it, man. It felt like a place people really wanted to go to the point where I was convincing myself that I think our weekday, weeknight attendance is going to be much better. I just think people are going to have that seed in the back of their head coming up from Austin or Dallas or Fort Worth thinking, but boy, it's not the feral. You know, I got to work tomorrow, but I love going to games at this place. I think, I think <clears throat> that is going to happen. And I think recruits are going to see that as well. Baylor, in my opinion, for men's basketball specifically, because the women have been there and done that. I think it's still a sleeping giant. Even with the 21 national championship, I, I really do think this is a sleeping giant. And maybe this is the, the final wake-up call. And we start going to more Elite Eights and Final Fours. Um, that would be terrific. What, one other complaint I did have. It's a minor complaint. We had this at the end of the Farrell Center too. The banners, they put the four national championship banners beside each other. They put the four icons of the trophies next to each other on the court. I don't like that. In fact, I think it's disrespectful to the women's team. I don't want to sound like Kim Mulkey here, but I do. I think it's a little disrespectful to the women's team. Oh, just because the men got one, you just throw it on the end of the three that the women won. It, it just, it feels weird. It feels weird. I mean, yes, the programs, the teams that play in there have four national championships. I would love to see if UConn splits theirs up. You know, because the men have won, what, five? But the women have like a billion. They're not the same for either one of those teams. And it's a minor complaint. I love the place. Uh, we've got the women there tonight taking on TCU. If... I feel even a modicum better. I will probably go. I, I probably shouldn't have gone last night. I did feel better though. I really did. I thought I was over it. And then I got in there and I just, I lost it all. You might've seen a tweet on Twitter. If you're, if you're on the app formerly known as Twitter, uh, Drake Toll said, took a picture of both him and I and said, one of us uh, had probably the first diarrhea in the Foster Pavilion can't substantiate that, but from the knowledge I have, that is true, and that is me. So we're just hoping to get better. But the pavilion really helped. Let me know what you think about the new arena, what it's going to do for Baylor athletics and Baylor basketball, and if these gripes that 
that you or maybe I have are, are going to be enough to ruin the experience for you. I hope not. Cause if you, if you didn't go to the game, I, I encourage you to try and get tickets out there. It's, it's, it's just something else. Um, and if you had gone to a Farrell center game and then a foster pavilion game two days in a row, I mean, it's just so night and day. Anyway, thank you for making it your first listen today. And every day we'll be back tomorrow talking about the ladies and one of the best teams in the nation and how they fared in their first game at the pavilion. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment below, and we will see you tomorrow on Locked on Baylor.